Hey everyone, Frank here. I am so excited you're tuning in to What is a Campus Pastor. Uh, this episode is the first of about 10 interviews that we have with pastors from across the country to talk about what it means to be a campus pastor. Today we're going to be interviewing Matt Lance. He is a campus pastor in Fort Worth, Texas from Christ Chapel Bible Church. What I'm stoked about his interview is he sits in a very interesting location where his church is, is reaching both the suburban Fort Worth area as well as the rural side of Fort Worth. And so he talks about what it's like to be a campus pastor there, being a video venue in that context, and he gets it. He gets the tension of what it means to be a campus pastor and what he says is brilliant. I can't wait for you to hear it. Before he comes on the show, I want to remind you, if this show benefits you or you know someone that it benefits, please uh, make sure you subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're watching this, welcome to my dining room. This will be on YouTube. This will be a video uh, version of this podcast on Spotify. Uh, I'm thrilled that you are watching me in real time. But what I want you to do is... If you have a question, at the end of this whole podcast here, so about 10 weeks from now, we will have a Q&A with some of the pastors that we're, we're going to interview for this show. I want to answer your questions. So go in the show notes, go to whatisacampuspastor.com. There, there'll be a place for you to do a video, uh, not a video message, an audio message, a voice message. And you can be able to use your phone, your AirPods, whatever, and ask me a question. And, and, and after we gather all these questions, I'll be taking some of the best questions and throwing them at some of the pastors that come on this podcast. But hey, I want to hear from you. So please subscribe, please like. But here is an interview with Matt Lance from Christ Chapel Bible Church. Thanks. I am so excited to be here with Matt. He is a, a, a campus pastor I met with uh, when I went on that tour to meet a bunch of different campus pastors to learn this role. And, and as, as I've said before, he's actually the one that kind of is the inspiration to this podcast in some ways because he kind of like poked me and said, hey, you should do something because there's nothing else out there. And so, Matt, I'm so excited to, to, to talk to you on this podcast. Frank, it's nice to meet you, man. So glad we get a chance to do this together. And like, I've been a fan of yours for a really long time. We've known each other for a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, really, you know, when you came down and visited, I was just so tickled. And I was like, if there's anybody that could start a podcast for campus pastors about campus pastoring, it would be you. And so that's why I planted the idea. I was like, I can't get this off the ground, but you can. So really glad I love to it. Well, thank you so much. Well, I, for for the for those of the people who don't know you, could you introduce yourself? To, uh, to yourself, tell me about your your church, your campus, how long you've been there, that kind of stuff. I would love to hear. Sure, that. sure. So my name is Matt. Uh, I work here at Christ Chapel Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas. That's where our broadcast campus location is. I work at our West Campus location, which is about twenty five miles to the west in uh, Alito Weatherford area. Uh, been here for about six years. Uh, at this at this particular campus and at the church, um, I'm married. My wife, uh, 20 years. We got three kids that are kind of all in their kind of teen, you know, middle years. And then we, um, you know, as a campus, as a church, we are the my campus is the first multi-site that our campus our church has like planted essentially. And we started that journey just under 10 years ago. And so we're we're kind of the the oldest child, so to speak, of the. Of the, of the campuses in our network. We have three campuses, um, a West Campus, a South Campus, and our Broadcast Campus. 
And uh, as ser- in terms of size, um, you know, as a whole church, we're probably running about five to six thousand people uh, on average on any given Sunday. And at my campus specifically, we're probably averaging around fifteen hundred or so, give or take a couple hundred on a Sunday uh, in worship. And then, gosh, we've got more kids than we know what to do with. We've got five to six hundred kids on a Sunday, too. So we have lots of uh, space issues at the moment. But that's awesome. a little bit about me. Um, uh, it's been a great experience thus far. I came here. Uh, out of a Christian camping context. So I used to work at a camp out in East Texas and did discipleship ministry for a long time. So the transition into uh, campus pastoring was was unusual given my previous context. So, But it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a ton. Yeah, one thing I keep saying is that um, the the Tau Campus Fest, or the role is not found in the Book of Acts. It's it's a made up title, but like you know, it's 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 a real job, and we're we're all just trying to figure it out. And the, the fact that like you come from a, a camping background, uh, uh, I come from youth ministry, you know, yeah. I've seen people come from all kinds of backgrounds that end up in this campus pastor role, and so yeah. it, just, it it makes it unique because there's a lot of different types of personalities that end up in this role, um, and I think it's very contextualized to the type of church that is trying to do this multi site thing. And it totally um, is. I don't think any one person can be like. A campus pastor you have to have a very unique type of person that can yeah. fit in that role too so you have to find just the right guy that's willing to do all the things that campus pastors have to do and that's sometimes not easy to find so what's interesting is as you said that you um have three campuses and and i know when people think of fort worth they probably think it's like a big city like dallas is but yeah. when in actuality when i visit your campus i think it's safe to say that your campus is a bit more rural than maybe yes. the other campuses. Could you explain maybe the demographics of the, the the broadcast campus to the other two campuses? Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, Fort Worth is, this past year was the fastest growing city in the United States. Um, it added more people to its city than any other city did in the United States. So that's, it, Fort Worth is growing like nuts. Uh, and where we're located, we're probably about uh, 25 or 30 miles to the west. And so we're getting a huge influx of people who live and work around Fort Worth but who um, live out in this kind of rural country area. But there's a lot of people that have been living in this rural country area for decades, where like in the city of Weatherford, which is not too far from us, it's known as the cutting horse capital of the, of the world. And so we got cowboys and ranchers uh, kind of on one side of the county. And then you got these city folks that are kind of moving into work in Fort Worth on the other so our demographics are all just weird just for us as a campus because we allow different types of people in one place. But also on top of that, we're really different than the people that attend our Fort Worth campus. And so that is one of our biggest challenges right now um, is trying to figure out how do we, how do we um, become flexible enough as an organization where we can do what we need to do as a campus to minister the needs contextually where we are but still maintain our unity and our kind of what makes us unique across all of our campuses. That's a, that's a, that's a really big challenge for us right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's any kind of multi-site church, especially it seems like in that three to five campus range, because it seems like the churches that are like 10 plus they've like franchised it. They figured it out or something, but like that three to five, that three to five campus range is like, they're trying to say like, how do we have, you know, some contextual aspects to our campuses while simultaneously having that kind of like common thread for all of them. And then you like, you know, you put some weight on more than others and maybe in different seasons, some are more than others, but, yeah. but 
yeah, you guys are definitely not the only ones wrestling with that. Can you, so you be writing books or something, creating some wants to be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have three locations. Um, you said that you have a broadcast campus. Does that mean that your campus and the other campus are fully a video venue, or do you? Is there some live preaching occasionally? Great question. Yeah, we're predominantly video venue. So we do live preaching here maybe about once a quarter. So four to six times a year, we'll have a live preaching opportunity here. But most of the time, we're receiving video from our broadcast campus. And when there is that once a quarter preaching, are you preaching? Yes, I, I will probably take most of them. I try to give my associate pastor some some reps when I can. We, we are a unique multi-site in the fact that we also have two venues here at our campus. So we have a contemporary service and a traditional service. So whenever sure. there's a live preaching opportunity, two pastors get to preach. Oh. So try to give uh, a couple of reps um, as I can because I, w- I want to develop the guys underneath me. Yeah. Do you ever get asked to preach at the broadcast campus or is that kind of like a, do you have a preaching team that does that itself? Yeah, actually, I just preached there last week, this past Sunday, okay. uh, once a year. So I usually go to the broadcast campus once a year, preach there, and then I'll have four or five times out here at my campus to preach. Right. Um, when it comes to your staff – um, at the campus, so kids person, youth person, that stuff like that. Um, are you, do you see yourself as a dotted line relationship, or are you like their boss? Like, are you hiring, firing people at your campus, or are you just kind of like coming alongside them and giving them kind of context for the campus? Oh, sure. So we we run. I, I just kind of call it a matrix style yeah. uh, of an organization where uh, I am the campus pastor is the supervisor of the campus staff. So I'm their boss. I do the hiring and the firing. Um, and then we have a central services team who is the coach. So for example, my high school guy, I hire him, I supervise him and make sure he executes well. But then we, my central services expert kind of tells him, this is how high school ministry looks across all our campuses for Christ Chapel. So, uh, he has an expert because re- I, I don't know everything about high school ministry anymore. You know, like I was a youth pastor in my day, but now I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm a- I don't, I don't know the first thing about youth ministry anymore. So we have someone who is a resident expert that helps him know um, how to do that and how to keep it consistent across all campuses. That's good. That's good. Um, you came out of a camping ministry background. What got you into this role? Did you seek it out? Did you ask to be in this role? Were you forced to be in this role? Like how, did, <laughs> how did you go from camping ministry into being the campus pastor of the, 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 the first step into multi-site for your church? Sure. So uh, I was uh, in discipleship ministry at a camp for about 12 years, uh, and I loved it. It was a fantastic opportunity. Um, But in terms of my time and and what I could do with my family and my kids growing up, I was like, I need to slow down a little bit. Um, And then also, as much as I love Christian camping, I wanted to be in the church for the rest of my career. I didn't want to retire, you know, working at a camp. So um, decided to make the move over. It was a church I was familiar with from college. And so had a couple of friends that worked here, started having some conversations and they hired me. I didn't know even apply for this position. They hired me just to get me on the bus. Basically they, my first job here was the recruitment pastor. If you can believe that where they, they hired me for a year to, to try to hire people to work for the church. Cause we were having a lot of turnover cause we were having a lot of staff that were retiring. Um, our church is about 45 years old. And so we're right at that Everybody who helped get the, the church off the ground and grow, they're all getting to their mid-60s and starting to, to roll off. And so that's kind of another struggle that we're facing at the moment. But 
that's kind of how I came into the church. And then um, attending West Campus, they, um, at the time, our current lead pastor was the West Campus pastor. And then our lead pastor was retiring. Our West Campus pastor was moving up to take his spot and they had a vacancy. So they said, hey, why don't you get up on stage and help us out with a few Sundays being the venue pastor for that. And they were, little did I know they were trying me out. And then they said, hey, we want you to be the campus pastor. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's kind of how I got into the role. And um, in being here, it's not been what I expected a pastoral role to be. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's been a bad experience. It's just not been kind of like when you think of, oh, I'm the pastor of a church. You think some different things than what a campus pastor role tends to be. But I still found a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment in the job that I have to do. It's just a, it's just not what your typical pastor job is sometimes. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's the, the rub for a lot of folks when they are in the role and they kind of become a little bit um, maybe disenfranchised or disenchanted rather with yeah. um, the role is because uh, th- there's a lot of stereotypes or like aspirations of what a pastoral role looks like. And in many ways, a campus pastoral role gets you to do that in the sense that you get to do a lot of like the hands-on care, be with the people, shepherding, being very priestly. But then there's aspects of the pastoral role that you you kind of are not allowed to be in that role. And then there's aspects of the role that you never thought you would do. Like there was a long time I used to say that being a campus pastor meant you were a brand ambassador. And I try to Mm -hmm. like stay away from that title now because it sounds a little bit too corporately corporate. But like in many ways you are trying to replicate the culture that the, the, the church at large is trying to produce in all these campuses and that is not necessarily like a thing you learn in seminary, right? It's not like to, to kind of replicate culture. You're kind of taught of how to create culture and how to how to create, you know, su- you know, sustainable contextual ministry. And so this is a, it's a very yeah. unique role. So, so with that in mind, uh, I, two questions for you: uh, What's been the thing you love the most about being a campus pastor? And then you you may have said this earlier, unless there's something else. What has been the most challenging thing that you're facing right now as a campus pastor? Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Larson. You might know me from Practically Pastoring, which is one of the other, I don't know, dozen or so podcasts that Frank lends his voice to. If you've ever listened to our little show, you know that we spend a whole lot of time making fun of Frank, not because we don't love him, but because none of us actually understand what it is that a campus pastor does. So we're glad that you're listening to this show. But I also want to encourage you to check out Practically Pastoring because... One of the things we discuss time after time is the importance of not doing ministry alone. Practically Pastoring is a great place to connect with other pastors who are going through the same things you're going through, understand what day-to-day ministry life is like, and it's also a great place to make fun of Frank. We hope you'll check it out. Sure. I appreciate you asking that. So, The things I love most about being a campus pastor first is that I have the time to do meaningful pastoral care. Like if I'm meeting with a couple or if I'm, you know, walking alongside someone who's just been through a tragedy or a loss of some kind, I'm not checking my watch. uh, Knowing when I got to get back because I got to finish my sermon for that week, you know, and I'm not trying to squeeze it in at night when I should be playing with my kids. You know, I am free to do the work of the ministry, the hands-on kind of frontline work that you're just talking about. 
Um, I don't have a sermon hanging over my head. I don't have to be prepping and staying up Saturday night before I deliver on Sunday morning. A lot of those stresses um, I don't carry on a week-to-week basis, and it allows me to be free and available to have a high level of care for my congregation and for my staff. And I'll say that's the other big thing that I love is the staff that I work with. Um, coming out of camping ministry, I only ever had two direct reports. And in this role, I've got 13 with a staff of 25, not all of them full-time, by the way. I don't, don't f- want to freak everybody out. But um, the, the interesting part for me is I've had to learn a lot of just managerial skill and how to manage that many employees at one time that I just didn't know coming in. Uh, and I've loved that. I've loved enjoying and learning how to be a better manager, how to be a good boss, how to serve my staff. Uh, and we have a great we have a great relationship and a great rapport. And I think ultimately that kind of benefits me because now I'm not just um, I, I'm be- I feel like I'm becoming a more well-rounded pastor. Like I tell people when I came here, I was like the guy at the gym, you know, he's like all upper body and no legs. You know, he's. You know, you know, he's he's done too much exercise in one part of who he is, and so here I'm really feeling like I'm getting more well-rounded in terms of uh, my leadership skills, my managerial skills, how I manage um, my staff, and that's I feel like a benefit to me um, because any, you know it's it's relatively easy I would say to get up and give a compelling message or motivational talk or a sermon to to a group of people, but to also be the same way on a Tuesday afternoon to a staff of, you know, however many you have at your church, that takes a whole other skill set that also has to be well-rounded and not underdeveloped. And I feel like as a campus pastor, I'm getting a little bit of, of that kind of underdeveloped part of me kind of built back up where it should be. Um, and also one more thing, I, I love that I don't have to deal with all of the more business sides of church work. Like I'm not doing HR stuff all the time, I'm not having to be my own IT guy, you know, um, a lot of those types of things. I'm just so grateful that I don't have to be in, in that. Uh, I can just, I'm really, really free to do ministry. So what has been um, some of the more challenging aspects of the role? Like what has been like so, the difficult part? Yeah. So you mentioned it at the beginning, like, you know, it's hard to be in essentially middle management where you have a lot of responsibility and not a lot of authority to go with it. I would say that was very frustrating as soon as I started to see that when I got here. Um, but also, you know, had so many other things to learn. I kind of was able to get lost in some of those other things too, and, and really dive in and getting to know my congregation and, and, and serving them. Right now, our biggest challenge is growth. Um, and we kind of, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but both our South Campus and our West Campus are, are in real rapid growth areas uh, of the community. And our South Campus is substantially smaller because it's newer. We launched it just two or three years ago. Um, and so we're both needing a third worship service for our campuses, but what would work best for us is different than what would work best for them. And so just to give you a real life example right now, like we were all gung ho and we're going to do this one service time, but then we came together and we're like, we just don't feel good. We're not on the same page because this now feels like what's good for West campus is going to be bad for South or what's going to be good for South. is going to be bad for West. So we actually pushed pause on that decision three days ago so that we can just go back to the drawing board and see if there's something else out there that we can do differently because we don't want it to be like this win loss between, you know, like brothers and sister campuses. Um, so how do we, how do we figure out those um, standards across the board, but still keep them unique 
uh, and contextual to the campus itself. And then I would say the other really challenging part for me has always been communication. Uh, there have been multiple times where, and it's not, it's not like no one's doing it on purpose to like to be mean, but like people have hired people to my staff that I never even got to interview or didn't know they were hiring, you know, and it's just because of, we get kind of siloed, at least in our context where, you know, our audiovisual team and our men's ministry team and our student ministry team, they're all just kind of going and doing what they're supposed to do. And sometimes things fall through the cracks because there's so many people you have to talk to uh, in an organization this large and this complex. And so that's frustrating, but it's not insurmountable. It's not, it doesn't prevent me from doing my job. It just kind of, it's just frustrating. Yeah. That communications piece is huge. I mean, like just yeah. this morning I was, I was, we, we have an event happening in, 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 a, in a couple of weeks and I thought it was on a different date because that was the date we agreed with months ago when I went on sabbatical, the dates changed and no one told me and it seemed oh. like everyone knew the date except me. And so oh. I'm, I'm like correcting people saying it's actually on this date. And then I, I have egg on my face because there was a decision made without me knowing about it and stuff. And I was yeah. like, I get it. That, that communications piece, um, it's whether it's internal of like what's happening and who's going where or even external, like, um, it seems like sometimes it's difficult to, um, you know, have certain announcements, you know, whether it's if it's an all campus, all church announcement versus a campus specific announcement, what takes priority, how early you can announce stuff, what gets on the website. You know, I, I understand that there's this complexity, but that's a very challenging thing. And uh, absolutely, and that's, you know, there's this I, I think, you know, as a campus pastor, there's this probably there's this natural desire to advocate for your campus and fight for it. Mm -hmm. But sure. then you, you, you sit in this tension where not only are you advocating for your campus, but you also have to advocate for the church to your campus. And so you kind of sit in this like nebulous middle where you're like, I understand what Central is saying, but I also understand what my people want. And it's like, you're the only person that has to figure out how to wed the two together. And, uh, and you spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to wed the two together, you know? Dude, I never, feel that more, I never feel that more tightly than when Central wants to hire my staff. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. like I want yeah. the church to win. Right. And I want my yeah, staff yeah. to have opportunities to grow and yeah. to advance in their careers. Yeah. But then that kills me every single time they hire me, hire one person on my team. So it's like, Oh, I don't know. What do I fight yeah. for here? How do I move forward? It's, yeah. it's a challenge. When we, when we launched our campus, I had a worship guy and a communicate, a connections person. And they both end up moving to a different part of the organization because they were rock stars. And yeah. so they got hired at somewhere else. And I'm like, that's great. I'm glad that they're advancing their career within the organization. But they were a blessing to my campus. And yes. I mean, the people who we've replaced them with are great. But like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. Hey, yeah, a, a, a specific contextual thing to you that I'm actually interested in thinking about because yeah. I, I, I've never had to face it. So with, the rural, rural part of your congregation. And like, you know, you and I uh, have a mutual friend in Texas that I, I'm yeah. surprised that he goes to your church just because <laughs> it's just like, it just seems like it's, um, it, I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm shocked that like he would go to like a large church like this because he just seems mm -hmm. very like he would want to go to like a, a small, quiet Baptist church that does hymns or something. But like, uh, how does uh, being a video venue in a, in a very rural area work? Like, are the people responsive to it? Is that a uniquely Texas thing that they're okay with that? Because even in my community in, in Milwaukee, um, 
I, I assume that in the Midwest, when people meet churches at video venues, it's like you're either in or you're not going to give it a chance. And I just would imagine that more rural folks would be like, I don't want – like they probably think it's like AI or something. I don't know what they think of it. Like, <laughs> but like how are they responding or or maybe, maybe a better question is, is like what's your elevator pitch to them to explain why the video venue is okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you both – I'll answer both kind of questions because I think it's a fascinating one, at least for our context. I think it's really interesting. Um, with us, we don't advertise anywhere on our website that our campuses are video venue, okay? So they come in and they sit down and they see me get up and do the prayer time or the offering or communion or whatever, and they don't realize it's a video venue until they're halfway through the service. And so they almost have to try it without even being convinced to do it, which I, I think is kind of smart. I don't know if that, I don't think that's really intentional on our part as much as it's just kind of the way that it is. It's hard to just kind of say, hey, we're a video venue um, with it saying and sounding good. Um, but I think too, What's interesting when I talk with folks afterwards is I tell them like, look, I'm able to be your pastor more effectively than our lead pastor would be because he's got to spend 20, maybe 30 hours a week preparing a sermon. And if your marriage is in trouble, he's not going to have time. You're going to have to meet with one of the other pastors. But in this case, the guy you see every week, the guy that's up front leading you in prayer and communion and doing baptisms with your kids or whoever, um, He's the one that also can sit down with you in your marriage or if you, you have a tragedy in your family or, or whatever you need. So I think that's really cool. But what's what we've found to be really unique in our demographic is that most of the folks that are more rural tend to really not stay uh, at our church uh, because they're used to being able to talk to the person who just delivered the sermon. But we have so many people moving into our community who come from larger cities, who are moving in to work at larger businesses, that are their lives revolve around Fort Worth, that the smaller, more rural churches are kind of like ew to them sometimes because it's it's too small or doesn't have enough excellence to it, or it's not like the music style is kind of hokey or you know, kind of whatever the little preferences are. Um, they find our church to be more kind of city in its orientation than more rural. And so as our communities continue to grow, a lot of folks have found us as a, a comfortable spot to be because um, we feel more like where they came from than anything else. And so they're willing to tolerate the video side of it because uh, it's, it's more what they're used to from a larger city where they were before. So it's been a real interesting um, journey as, as our, our demographic continues to blend over the past, at least the past six years that I've been here, uh, I think the, the country folks are a little bit more open to some of those ideas. And I think we've even seen some of the folks who have been here for a while start to explore some smaller churches too. So it, it kind of goes both ways, but it's just been a real interesting journey for us. That's good. That's interesting. Um, uh, kind of uh, two sides to this, the, ne the next question. This is my last question is, uh, one, what's the best piece of advice that you would give a campus pastor right now and then the other side of that question would be, what is something, if you could go back in time, something you wish you had known before you took the role, what would, be, what would that thing be? So best yeah. piece of advice you can give a campus pastor, what do you wish you had known when you had taken the role? Single best piece of advice I'd give a campus pastor is to buy and read and reread How to Lead When You're Not in Charge by Clay Scroggins. Uh, that book really helped me through my first couple of years as a campus pastor, understanding how to be an, a person of influence, um, even when you're not the person in charge. 
and uh, I think his his experience at North Point just was really really helpful to me. It's, it doesn't say anything about being campus pastors, but I think a lot of the principles of leadership and the things that he talks about are really from his campus pastor experience and, and being on staff there. So um, I would say that's probably my single best thing. And I would say two more things there. You know, focus on your area of responsibility and just make it great. You're not going to be able to be in charge of a ton of stuff, but focus on what you can control. Do a really good job with that, and that will give you the influence and maybe the opportunity to continue to lead and manage upwards, as Peter Drucker used to say. Um, and then I would say, and, and Scroggins says this in his book, but just reject the passivity. Um, you know, a lot of times when it feels like we're, we're, we're not the ones that are in charge, we just kind of get past and we're like, well, that's not my choice, so who cares? Um, be active, be intentional, continue to love and pour into your ministry, try to innovate where you have opportunity, um, those types of things, just to, to stay engaged and to stay, um, you know, I would say just kind of like Colossians 3 says, you're doing your work as unto the Lord. And so find ways to continue to do that. And then in terms of like things I wish I knew, um, you know, I think being a campus pastor, at least for me in my stage, has been a place where I've learned to develop myself as a pastor. And I, I really wasn't expecting it to be a place where I would grow as much as I have grown. And if I ever pastor my own church someday, I think I'm going to be 10 times the pastor I would have been had I not done this job. And I've been here for six years. Uh, I'm, I'm 45. And, you know, I really, over the past six years, see how much better a pastor I've become through all of the experiences I've had here and all the lessons that I've learned. So I would say, you know, don't underestimate uh, the value of a role of campus pastor, even though it may not be the most well-known, even though it may not be the best resourced, even though it may be more confusing and kind of stuck in middle management sort of thing. Uh, it still has its blessings and it still has, you know, God still has a purpose for it. Uh, within a, a multi-site church context. You know, that that's what you just said really was really good in the sense that, you know, I came into this role as a youth pastor, previously as a youth pastor, and the moment, um, I shared this in the first episode, my the guy who was supposed to coach me as a campus pastor left the church three months after I became a campus pastor to go be a lead pastor wow. in Oregon. And so I was kind of by myself, and there was no one coaching me, so I was just trying to figure it out as I, as I went. And um, uh, one thing I, I was trying to tell myself is, it's like, I got this role because the church was impressed with how I did student ministry. So there was tools in my tool belt from student ministry that I, could, that I have to figure out how to apply here. And, yeah. and obviously there were connections with, you know, the way you empower leaders, the way you pour into them, um, mm -hmm. you know, silly things like learning kids' names and then remembering something that was unique for them. It's do the same thing to adults. Remember their yep. names and like love. You know, like like, there's all these tools you get in student ministry. That I was able to apply as a campus pastor role, but yep. now that I've been in this role as a campus pastor, you, you've talked about this already. It's like there are these uh, new tools that I got as a campus pastor that I don't think I would have ever gotten as a youth pastor. At least not in my context. Um, yep. A lot of like managing stuff, like uh, you know, middle stuff that like in the business world we would say middle management skills are things yep. that I've learned in this role that. Um, if, and when I ever become a lead pastor one day, like I, I agree with you. I, I, this, this time as a campus pastor is going to be prepared me way more than if I just jumped from student ministry to any other role, just because Absolutely. you, you, you get a lot of those tangible skills of being with 
doing a lot of senior pastor stuff, but you get to uh, kind of have a safe sandbox because you get to hyper-focus on working on a staff where if you're a lead pastor, you might hire an executive pastor to do just a staff, right? Like you, 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 exactly. you're, you're, you're doing a lot of things and you get a, a, a big safe area to do that where the, uh, the, at least in a lot of our churches, the, the gap of um, expectations where you'd be, you would see as a failure is, is really big. Like you have a lot of grace in that where mm-hmm. if you were the lead pastor tomorrow and you didn't have this experience, the gap is a lot shorter, right? So totally, and I think I think I I don't want to be a senior pastor that, you know, I can preach a really good sermon, but I'm a jerk to my staff, or I don't I don't know how to walk into a room where someone's just lost a loved one, or you know, like to have the versatility to be able to do everything from, you know, a huge budget all the way down to walking with one of my staff through you know marital trouble. Uh, all and, and to be able to do it in a way that uh, keeps people healthy and engaged and want to stay on my staff and continue to serve here for a long time. Like those are, gosh, that's a skill set. There, there are no classes for stuff like that in seminary, you know? So this has been a really great place to learn a lot of the non-academic sides of pastoring and to, so that they become automatic, you know, so they become part of my personality and my, my, uh, my way of pastoring, not just, um, you know, how well do I get up there and deliver, you know, a, an A plus sermon from week to week? Matt, this has been great. Uh, if, uh, if, you know, there might be a campus pastor or someone that think about being a campus pastor that's in the Texas area, or that just want to get a hold of you on social media, how can someone get connected with you if they wanted to reach out to you? Sure. I actually don't mind you putting out my email address out there. If they want to send me an email, it's fine. It's just Matt L at ChristChapelBC.org. Um, if they want to look for me on, on, on social media, I really don't have a public profile. I, I'm, I'm a photographer on the side. One of my, uh, one of my hobbies is photography. So they could always look me up at my, uh, my Instagram is, is landscape photos. Um, but it's spelled with my last name, L-A-N-T-Z. So it's supposed to be some sort of a creative take on that, I guess, but, uh, feel free to reach out to me any way you'd like. would love to be able to encourage you and, and help anybody that has questions or, or thoughts. Love it. Matt, I appreciate you, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Frank.